senior leadership roles in that, you know, work came first and you were expected to be available 24 seven and weekends and, you know, there was no such thing as a vacation. And if you prioritized your family, it was really viewed as a barrier to your success. Right. Right. I was miserable. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's when you look around and you say, okay, I want to pursue my career, but this isn't worth it. Hi guys, I'm your host, Megan Van Diepender, and this is the Empowerhood Podcast. I am so happy to have you here. You know, motherhood is hard, and we are going to talk about all of the hard things that just are not talked about enough. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. Hi, Erin. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so happy to see your face. I know. It's been a while since we've seen each other. It's really nice to see you. Yeah. This is like an excuse to to talk for an hour, right? I know, for sure. I was so excited. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I get to talk to my cousin today. This is <laughs> yes. So everyone out there listening today, we have Erin Curtis here with us. And Erin is my cousin, like she said. And we have literally known each other our whole entire lives. So mm-hmm. I'm so happy to have you here today, Erin, for this subject that we're going to tackle. Um, we are going to talk about asking for help letting go of control as a parent and also mom guilt and really how to get rid of it. Um, And just like how these things do not make us weak as a parent, they actually open up the doors for us to be able to use these resources and, you know, really show up as the mom we want to be and also balance, you know, a demanding career. Um, Erin, you are so good at all of these things. So I can't wait to pick your brain. But before we jump into your whole entire story, um, tell us a little bit about you. Who is Erin? Okay. Um, well, um, I'm a wife um, to my husband and a mom to two girls. Um, so I, my oldest, Amelia, is five and Tessa is about to be four. Uh, and time flies. I can't believe it. But um, yeah, I um, grew up kind of moving all around and um, went to school uh, for writing. And I didn't meet Ryan until much later in life. So um I guess not much later in life. I'm not that old, right? But uh, I was was almost 30 when I met him, right? So um, I had already established a career in marketing at the time. So like I was sort of, you know, which was good for me, right? I was like fully baked, more fully baked, right? As as a when I met him. Um, But unlike people who get married a little bit younger, you know, they're building a career and also their relationship at the same time. But I had sort of really gotten my foundation um, set career wise before I met Ryan. And, um, you know, very quickly I told him like, let's get this thing moving. Like, let's have this. (laughs) So, um, you know, everything really seemed to accelerate at that point in my life. Um, my career sort of reached a new level at that time. You know, we were engaged and married, you know, in under a year and a half and then, you know, got pregnant six months after we were married. So, that was a very sort of busy, stressful time. Um, and that um, certainly brought up all of the, the, the things that we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, who I am, I mean, I'm super fun, I think, right? Most of the time. <laughs> uh, I like to be silly and play with my kids. Um, I'm uh, not very organized or clean. Ryan always tells me that I prioritize uh, activities and relationships over order, which I'm like, I think I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, so I mean, I think I, I'm, we're pretty normal. We have a dog. We like to play tennis. We like to be outside. Um, all those good things. Yeah. What do you do for work, Erin? So I'm in marketing. Um, I'm a vice president of marketing and product development at a, at a manufacturing company. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I get to basically um, communicate with people. Uh, that's what marketing is really. Um, and I get to um, also look at the exciting new part of my career is being able to look at new products that we can introduce to the market, um, you know, that people need, you know, answering unmet needs in the marketplace. So that's been a new sort of layer to my career recently. Okay. Now you said like when you got married and you got pregnant really quickly, so you were already pretty established in your career. You loved it. Did you always know that you were going to go back to work after having children, child, or what were your plans? I mean, yeah, I think I never really thought about not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost don't know if it was a question I asked myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was, you know, complete honesty and transparency. I mean, part of that was, yes, I wanted to, um, but I also needed to. Um, you know, Ryan is a veterinarian, but he's a veterinarian with a very specific specialty. He was in school for 12 years, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was necessary for us both to be working if we wanted to sort of, you know, not drastically change our lifestyles. And we decided that, you mm-hmm. know, we didn't want to do it. So it was, it was kind of a little bit of both in a way, but I really never truly considered not going back to work. Right. So you're saying yeah. it was financial and it was like a purpose, like your purpose. You really wanted to follow your passion and continue. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think when I had my second daughter, that's when I started getting some comments, you know, even from, from people, um, like older members of, of the family, like you're still going to work. And, and I was like, well, yeah, well, why are you asking me? Ask Ryan if he's going to still work. (laughs) Right. Like, why is it a thing? Why? Yeah. Right. And I remember feeling a combination of, of guilt right? Well, okay, no, I I am still going to work. Does that make me a bad mom? You know? Um, And also a little bit of anger, you know, that I was put in this position where I was made to feel like I should choose. Right. Um, You know, so that was a tricky time to navigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I truly think there's like really no right or wrong answer, right? Like it sucks that we're put pressure is on us. Like, I mean, I've always worked since I became a mom, but I also like, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer if you stay home or if you do work. I think it's like totally up to you because obviously staying home with your children is a full-time job all the time. Um, and probably even harder than our careers, but, um, it's not about right or wrong. We're just talking about like having a demanding career today. Yeah. I think that's a really good point to make. Um, and one that I was thinking about is, as I sort of prepared for this chat, yes, that's different. That looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, some, you know, I think it's all about as a person, right. Keeping gender out of it. What keeps you fulfilled and driven and challenged, you know, and for some people that doesn't mean an outside, you know, job. Um, for me, it does. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think for me, it also, you know, I had times though where my career, you know, um, wasn't making me happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was one of the things I wanted to be very specific about too. I mean, when I deal with mom guilt now, you know, when I'm traveling or, um, 
away from home, you know, to me, it's positive because I'm at a company now where I know that their values align with my own when it comes to family. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at a company previous to that, to this, where that was not the case. Um, they were, I think very antiquated in the way that they approached, uh, senior leadership roles in that, you know, work came first and you were expected to be available 24 seven and weekends. And, you know, there was no such thing as a vacation. And if you prioritized your family, it was really viewed as a barrier to your success. Right. Right. I was miserable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's when you look around and you say, okay, I want to pursue my career, but this isn't worth it. Right. No, it's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. So something that I adjusted to pretty recently in the, the previous two years was this has to be worth it, you know? So yeah. it's important for me to say, I'm going to quit this job <laughs> right. and, you know, I need to find a place that is aligned with my values as, uh, as a parent, right. And have right. a company that values family and isn't going to question me if I say, Hey, Amelia needs to go to the doctor today. I'm, I'm not going to be in until later or Hey, I'm going to do this field trip with Amelia or I'm on vacation, you know, and I'm not bothered unless it's a total emergency. Right. Right. So, um, I think that's important as you pursue your career to make sure that when your kids see you going to work, mm-hmm. that it's a positive experience, right. That you're not right. modeling that this is a negative, super stressful, you know, thing that's taking me away from my family, both physically and mentally. Right. 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 Because I mean, obviously we have to earn an income. We have to support our family. But I love how you say that it has to be worth it because like, number one, it should be something that you like, right? Right. Or at least like fuels you to want to go there and like pursue it and be passionate about it and grow and, you know, learn new things and whatnot. But also like you want to be able to make enough money to support your family. But Mm -hmm. is money everything, right? Like, I mean, you kind of have to think of that like time-wise, the time that it's taking you away from your family, like you said, if it's that demanding, um, is it, is it going to be worth it? And the stress on your body and whatnot. I mean, I know I've definitely come to points in my life where I'm like, all right, I need to reset my boundaries, you know, and my priorities because this, this isn't making me happy anymore or really enhancing my life in any way besides like having an income. And I think life is much more than just having like a cushy income too. Absolutely. I mean, I think we all, I mean, money's necessary, but I think we all know money's not going to make you happy, right? Exactly. Right. I know a lot of people who are very unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have to pay the bills, you know, of course. And obviously we all have a lifestyle that we want to live. And if you need Mm -hmm. to support that, you need to support that. But I mean, I think, yeah, you really do have to ask yourself, like, what am I actually sacrificing? Am I sacrificing my own happiness? Am I sacrificing my family's happiness? Um, And again, with like the guilt too, because like you said, when you're working all those hours and not it's like guilt coming both ways. You're like, you're not pleasing the business you're working for. And then you're not being home with your family. And then you're exhausted. It's like, where do you draw the line where you can find like that balance? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And balance is interesting too. I mean, it doesn't, and it's something I've thought about a lot in my career, but balance is, you know, not always just, you know, the division of time, because even at this previous company I worked at, it was during the pandemic, I was working from home almost, you know, exclusively. 
So I was there, right? I didn't have a commute time, but because I was so distracted all of the time, you know, and receiving calls at all hours of the day, like even though I was physically there, I wasn't present, right? So that's not balance either. Yeah. Balance can be quality, you know, over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I've come to realize about balance too is that it's not an achievement. Like, and what I mean by that is it isn't this like finite thing that like you get, you know, and then you have, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I kept thinking of it that way at that point time in my life and kept feeling like I was failing and feeling like I was losing, you know, you were saying in both areas, right? Because I wasn't, I didn't have balance. But a a coworker of mine was talking to me about her experience with balance and she described it as a constant recalibration. Mm -hmm. And it was, it seems obvious, but that was a real aha moment for me that it's not something that like you achieve, you get, and then, oh, you've got balance forever. And that's the way that it should be. Balance is always, you know, you know, even if you think about a gymnast or like balancing on a BOSU ball or whatever, like you're, you're always recalibrating, you're always adjusting. Right. So I came to view balance less as an achievement and more as a process, Mm -hmm. right. More as the idea of like achieving flow. And, you know, that might mean sometimes, right. That I'm on a business trip and Ryan's at home, you know, taking on, you know, more of the childcare and I'm FaceTiming. Right. Or it might mean that, you know, I'm working from home more days of the week and I have a business that respects that, you know, a company that allows me to do that Um, or taking time off just to do one-on-one time with my, you know, one of my daughters. Right. So it's not this like static, like the stasis, right. Of Mm -hmm. balance all the time. Balance looks different every day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like balance is such a word. Like a lot of people are like, there's no such thing, but I think, like you said, I think it means something different for each person. And I don't think it is ever going to be the same. Like you said, like, I think, um, it's almost like health, right? Like you can't just be like, Oh, I ate healthy. I made it here. I'm done. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. You're like, it's a constant like growth and like, Thing right. that you have to work on every day you know it's it's like a lifestyle so like I feel like balance is like the same way like you don't just do one workout and you're like oh made it my muscles are there you know I, ha- I can stop now you know you have to constantly be aware of what's going to work for you today what's going to work for your family you know each day yeah and I think too for me and our family the biggest key to that is the communication between my spouse and I mm-hmm. right um, and making sure that we're supporting each other mm-hmm. um, in the right ways. And um, I'm, I mean, I, Ryan is an amazing partner to me. Um, and, you know, he always says, like, he doesn't like when people, oh, your husband's amazing. He's like, I'm just being a partner. You know, a lot of times when the male takes on a little bit more of the traditional you know, female responsibilities, people like make a big deal out of it. And he always gets a little frustrated by that. Like, well, not just being a husband and a father. Right. But the point is that, you know, we've also sometimes gotten to a point where I realize like he is shouldering too much and I need to come back down and make sure that Mm -hmm. I'm taking some things off of his plate. And, you know, when we've gotten out of balance and felt, you know, like there's, you know, 
moments where we're not in sync, it's because we're not communicating about what one another needs in order to create that balance, right? And he has a demanding as well, you know? So, yeah, you know, there has to be that constant communication because, you know, you're part of a unit, you're part of a family unit. It's not about, you know, oh, I feel balanced today, but if Ryan's feeling out of balance, right? Um, that's not going to work for the family. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think communication is definitely key. Cause like I always say to people, I'm like, or I think I say to myself, I'm like, all right, he cannot read my mind. I need to like actually like speak it because (laughs) we can huff and puff around the house and be like, oh God, he didn't help me with the dishes or something stupid like that. But if he doesn't know, like, then how are we supposed to know? And like, same vice versa. Like if he's frustrated with me or needs help in some area, you know, you really need to voice it just just put it out there. Cause again, like we know each other so well, right. As a partner, right. as partners, but at the same time, we can't think like you, you just don't know your, your partner's thoughts. So you just need to put them out there and just make sure that they do know. And yeah, yeah I mean, that is so helpful. I mean, do you, did you always like feel like Ryan just like naturally helped or did you like have to ask him for help? No, Ryan, Ryan always naturally helped. Um, which is a blessing, right? I mean, yeah, he always naturally helped, but in terms of asking for help, um, I mean, I, I sort of learned my first lesson with that in a very dramatic way when Amelia was born because she um, spent some time in the NICU and it was a very tough time and I had, had postpartum. And originally when we were getting ready you know, for her to be born, I told my mom like, we're going to spend time alone as a family and, you know, like we want to have this experience ourselves and then we'll invite you over blah, blah, blah. And then when all of that was happening, I remember calling her in tears and I need you to come, you know? And then when I had my second daughter, I was like, so mom, (laughs) like like a week before my due date, I'm like, come on up, you know, like (laughs) pack your bags, you know? Yeah, like, come help now, please. Um, yeah, come help now, right? Like, I already know I'm going to need help. And it's advice that I've given to all of my siblings, like, have mom come and help because she's there to help take care of me. Like, that's what I realized when, when she did come is that she wasn't, like, trying to hone in on the experience of caring for the baby. She right. was to help me. But, you know, that was sort of my one of my first, you know, with the postpartum depression, my first battles with mental health, right? Um, and then since then, I would say, you know, since 2020 and the pandemic, I've had two, um, two times where my mental health has really been, um, a a struggle for me. And, you know, I was wrapped up in, in a lot of things in 2020, the pandemic, we had moved, um, you know, so we weren't by family anymore. Um, my job was secure, but we had lost business um, you know, and I was in that, you know, sort of very stressful environment, um, all the social injustice things that were also exploding at that time were weighing very heavily on me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got very depressed and very anxious and I, I withdrew, um, instead of talking about that, I withdrew from Ryan in terms of telling him how I was really feeling. Right. I withdrew from my friends. I withdrew from my family. Um, and, you know, was lashing out in, in a lot of ways. Right. And I had guilt then too, because I, I wasn't in a good place mentally. And then when I was with my kids, my girls, 
I just felt like, God, I'm such, I'm faking it right now. I'm such a horrible mom not being authentic. Like they deserve better than this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got to a very low point where I finally told my sisters, um, I'm not in a good place. And they could tell that something was wrong and they immediately, you know, came up for the weekend. And, um, I went to therapy, um, and medication was the right, um, thing for me at that time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was strange. It was like, I felt very weak and I felt, you know, even though I continued to perform at work, you know what I mean? Like I could do all of the out external things that look like success, yeah. but internally I was in a very dark place, a very scary place, but I didn't feel like I could talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because like you mentioned, you know, earlier that, that would be weak, right. To admit right. I'm not in a healthy place mentally. Um, but when I finally did, I mean, I mean, it's just so worth it. Right. Um, now I'm, you know, I can function better as a wife, as a mother, you know, you know, and at work, sure. But, um, you know, then the, the second time I sort of, you know, came to a point where I was feeling like, okay, I was recognizing some of those feelings coming back. I reached out a lot sooner. Um, and so that's just, you know, some advice that I would give if you do feel like you're struggling, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's really hard to do, but let your spouse know how you're feeling. Let mm-hmm. your friends know how you're feeling. Yeah. Let your family know how you're feeling. Let, you know, and if you need to, let work know how you're doing, yeah. right? Be yeah. transparent about those things so that they can help you, right? And encourage yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard because... I mean, even telling your partner, you still feel for some reason, I don't know why, I don't know why this is in our society that you still feel less than even as a person, as a mom, you know, all of it. And it, I mean, maybe men feel the same way. I don't know. I definitely feel like as a woman, like we have a lot of pressure on us in that aspect. Um, And especially as a mom, I mean, I don't know how many parents or moms that I have talked to that were like, I went through this, this, and this, and I felt like I could not ask for help because I would be judged. Right. Um, and I just, I almost feel like when you do ask for help, no matter how hard it is, each time it's going to get a little bit easier, each time you're going to get a little bit stronger. And then you're going to realize that, you know, asking for help is actually the strong thing to do, right? Because it was the hard thing to do. The easy thing would be to stay and sit in these horrible feelings when you're not going to be able to show up as yourself, like you said, each day, even though you could pretend, but that's even more exhausting, right? Pretending that you're, you're okay. And that, you know, you're living this dream life, you know, when it's like, you're dying inside, you know? So it's like, letting go of that burden and putting it out there, whether, you know, it's going to be so hard, but it's also going to like set you free to without a doubt. doubt. And you're right about that. I'm not sure why it always seems like we as women or society places this, you know, expectation on women, you know, that they're supposed to do it all right. And be okay doing it all. Right. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I mean, outwardly, if anyone looked at my life on social media, right, it would look like I was doing it all and doing it well, but I wasn't, right? Right. And it's very, it's very important to me now to share that yeah. um, and to share that with some of the, the younger women and younger moms on my team who, who work on my team right now um, to show those moments of vulnerability and to say, 
this happens and that's okay. And I want to hear about that if you're struggling, right? Yeah. Um, and encourage them that, you know, it's a safe place in the workplace, right? Yeah. Um, to share those those issues and those challenges and make sure that, um, you know, they feel comfortable communicating. And I think in the workplace too, I mean, I work in a corporate environment and it's very important, I think, that women support one another in those environments. And unfortunately, I mean, we're, we continue to move forward and get better, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, I think we're still working in environments where it feels like there aren't that many seats at the table for women. And so instead of supporting one another, we're competing. It's competitive. Yeah. 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 And so it's very important to me to model, right, um, just a spirit of empowerment and encouragement, right? And support, you know, woman to woman. Um, And I think, you know, joining uh, women's organizations within your field, you know, can help with that. Uh, You know, finding a female mentor that you trust, um, you know, is important and helpful with that. Uh, And just advocating, you know, for yourself and for others, right? Uh, It's important. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I do think it has come um, a long way just like, because I mean, obviously with social media, like you said, you do see like the good side of things, right? But I I do think people post more of the hardships of motherhood. But I mean, that was my whole point in starting this podcast, because, you know, these hard things, like you said, your, your depression and all these things, they're not talked about, right? And even asking for help, like, I mean, some people are really good at it. Some people have to work, like I have to work at it every single day. Like I try to practice it every day because it wasn't something that I was brought up with, I guess. And um, I do think a lot of this leads back to our childhood where how we were raised comes into play where our parents kind of self-sacrificed everything for us. And as grateful as I am for all that, it's what I saw and it's what I thought being a mom was. Um, So I went into motherhood thinking that I had to do it all. That, um, you know, okay, well, my mom did it with four kids, so I can do this with one. Like, I don't need your help, you know? And then it was way harder than I ever, ever expected. Um, And I just trudged along unhappy, you know, kind of resentful until I figured out that I could actually like ask for help and people want to help you. Like you just have to be open to accepting it. There's people all around you that want to help you. We just have to be open to accepting it. And I feel like that's where it really opens the door to like you say, finding your balance and that awareness Mm -hmm. to be able to find a balance each day because you do have in your head, like, all right, like I have this, this, and this going on today, or Amelia and Tessa have something like, but I can ask my mom, I can ask, you know, Ryan, I can ask the nanny or whoever, the babysitter, um, the neighbor, I don't know anybody. I mean, really everyone wants to help you. Right. Um, we just it's have so- to look around and open our eyes and be willing to, to ask for it. Well, and, and something that I've been thinking about there too is, um, you know, if, if we, I mean, listen, I'm not a scholar in, in this area, but <laughs> if you go back to like, you know, I don't want to say ancient civilizations, but you know, before the, you know, the modern day, women didn't raise their children alone. Mm. A lot of times they were living in multi-generational households where there was this concept of the village, right? Like there was always help, yeah. you know what I mean? And that concept of um, communal support and raising your children 
sort of embedded into the culture and the fabric of life. And then as, you know, things got industrialized and women, then women entered the workplace, you know, in the 70s and 80s, then this started to, you know, it's almost like the, the nuclear family got more and more isolated. Yeah. And, you know, this tension for women, you know, who were choosing to work, you know, just got worse, right? Yeah. And, but that's really not the way, you know, I think naturally, right? right? Yeah. We were to do it. It's impossible to do it alone, you know? You know, I don't think, I think putting that expectation on ourselves as moms is, as a lie that, you know, the modern culture has sort of, you know, put on us. It's really not, you know, it's not the, it's not the natural state. Right. So, you know, and, and I had some of that, you know, too, like little things. So we do have a nanny when the kids aren't in school who help out like in the summer, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're with nanny and, um, I used to struggle with if they were, if we signed them up for dance class or we signed them up for tennis or whatever, I felt like, well, I have to take them. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, it's my, mm-hmm. as the mom, like I have to do it. Okay. It's at four o'clock. I have meetings until five, you know, and like stressing over that sort of right. thing. Right. But this summer I let go of that. And I said, it's okay if the nanny takes them to, you know, to tennis practice or takes them to dance class. Like, that's okay. You know, that's balance for me in that moment, you know, and then I can be fully present. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't done that, right, I would be sitting there at their lesson on the phone, right? Or <laughs> right. Not present. Yeah. Present. Right. Right. So um, there are those, those elements of thinking that I have to do mm-hmm. all the things myself, yeah. right? Certain things that, you know, it's okay to let go of. Um, for me, right? Yeah. Uh, All right. That's what this looks like. But to go back to your other point about our childhoods, you're right, Meg. I mean, for many women, they didn't have, um, you know, I think we're, we're one of the, the first generations to sort of do it this way for the first time. Right. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of our moms when we were growing up left their careers or were stay at home moms. And so we didn't have the model of how to yeah. So we're trying to figure it out for the first time. You yeah. Know, the balance. Yeah. The balance, right. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, if there is a balance. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like, as you said, like with letting go of something, that's like almost your, um, you're accepting the help. Right. So we're going to either ask for help and then you're accepting the help because right. letting go, I feel like is almost the hardest part of asking for help because, you know, people kind of offer us help all day long and we'll be like, no, no, you know, like, like right, yeah. right. So like, even like when someone's like, oh, invites you over to their house and you're like, oh, what can I bring? And they're like, oh no, it's okay. It's okay. I can yeah. do it. It's like, no, okay. Let me bring something like, or like my husband will be like, oh, you want me to watch the distance tonight? I'll be like, you know, I can do it. Well, of course they can do it. Women can do amazing things and you can probably do it all. You're just going to burn yourself out completely. Totally. Um, At one point, right? Exactly. So like yeah. you can totally run yourself into the ground, get rid of your health, all these things to try to do it all. But it's just, it's not, it's not realistic and necessary for the long haul. Like, do you really want to be that person? That's right. And that's the other thing that, you know, slightly smaller that I've recently started to make sure that I'm reminding myself is, you know, we talk about burnout, right? And for me, it was career and, and kids, right? Those were the two things I was so focused on balancing all the time. Mm-hmm. But I was forgetting myself. Yep. I was I was forgetting my husband, yep. you know, and the time that I was forgetting friends, you know. Um, and so what I've tried to be more conscious of lately is 
almost saying, okay, what are the categories of my life that are very important, right? To, you know, maintaining a, a sense of well-being, we'll just say, instead of balance. So there's, there's self, there's, um, you know, obviously the kids, my husband, career, right? You know, family finances, whatever it is, right? Yep. And almost saying like, okay, if I could grade myself on each one of these things, where would I be, mm-hmm. right? And the focus is sort of on the average, right? Instead mm-hmm. of saying, I need to be an A in everything. Right. Um, you know, or, you know, for me, it was two things. Bringing awareness to there's, it's not just kids and, and work, yeah. right? That's ignoring some other really important parts, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And then also saying it's not perfection in everything, right? right. It's making sure that you're at a point of health, mm-hmm. um, you know, collectively as a yeah. whole, you know, in, yeah. in these, in these important areas of your life. So I've tried to do that. And again, I, I'm, you know, it was a friend of mine who brought that to my attention where we were um, chatting, we, we hadn't seen each other in a while. And she's also, you know, a mom and, and, um, you know, an, an executive, right. And we were chatting about work and I was talking to her about a recent success and it was great and yada, yada. And she just said, what are you doing for you? Like, what, what do you have for you? Yeah. Like, yeah, I haven't been working out. I haven't been playing tennis. I haven't been, you know, doing yoga or meditate or whatever it is for you, right? right. It could be right. reading a book. It could be, you know, going yeah. on walks or whatever that is for you. And I had nothing. Yeah. yeah. And it made me pull back and say, yeah, I'm forgetting about, about that part, you know? Right. And I think as women, we get very caught up in, taking care of everything and everyone else and about that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, that's like my whole business. Um, I'm a huge mm-hmm. advocate for putting yourself first, not in a selfish way, but because right. your needs matter. And I'm not talking about getting your nails done, your hair done, nothing like that. I'm talking about like basic needs that are going to give you your health, you know, every rest, movement, nutrition. Rest. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, stuff that you absolutely have to have. Mm-hmm. It's non-negotiable because otherwise, I mean, yeah, you can continue to, to show up, you know, for your kids, show up for your career, but again, you're going to end up burned out and it's not, it's just not sustainable. You're, you're forgetting some key components in there and your husband for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a unit, right? Like we said in the beginning, you have to incorporate all of them in. And I mean, like you said, maybe you're not going to be able to get an A plus in every category, um, but do your best, right? Yeah. It's like you just got to do the best you can where you're at right now and just try to prioritize, you know, what is most important right then. Like I read this book, um, I think it's Gary Keller, The One Thing. Have you read that book? Mm-hmm. And it's it's really good. But I mean, he says that basically Gary Keller is the one that created that crazy real estate group. So he's super successful anyway. Um, but he's like, you can only do one thing at a time if you're going to do it well. You cannot multitask. And I was kind of like, well, he's never met a mom because you know, we're, <laughs> we're pretty freaking amazing. Um, but I mean, he's right. Like when you do do one thing at a time, obviously you're going to be way better at it if you're focusing right. just on one thing at a time. But I'm like, moms can definitely focus on more than one thing at a time and still do it well, not perfect. Right. Um, but you still have to prioritize, you know, what is going to come before other things. And I think that's like how my mind like ping pongs kind of all day. It's like, 
all right, should I do this? Is this is this more important on the list or can it wait? You know what I mean? Because it's like you have to delegate. You're going to have to give some tasks to your husband. You're going to have to give some tasks to some other other people, whatever, whether it be a house cleaner or whoever is helping you out that day. Um, but you're not going to be able to do it yourself. I actually like, I saw a statistic. I think I have it right here. 33% of moms are overwhelmed on a, a daily basis. And I really think it's just the way that we have to like, we have to think about it differently. You have to think about it in a way where like, like you said, what hats do I wear are going to come first? Because we wear so many hats, right? As parents, like, or really just as human beings, you wear so many different hats. But like, what is going to come first? Where am I prioritizing this? Like, how, how can I schedule this into my day? Totally. And I think, you know, we're all going to feel overwhelmed, right? I think, I think it's about making sure you don't stay overwhelmed, right? And checking in and saying, all right, I've been in a period of time where I've been overwhelmed, right? And for me, I'm still working on recognizing I'm overwhelmed. Let me make a small adjustment, right? right. Versus I've been overwhelmed for six months. <laughs> I feel like I need to make a big adjustment. Right? So I'm still working on checking in more often. Yeah. Recognizing that I'm overwhelmed. Okay. What priority needs to shift? Like I almost think of it as like dials on like a, you know, like in a sound booth or whatever, like which, which thing am I going to turn the volume up on and which thing am I going to turn the volume down on, you know, to to make sure that we're in balance again. Right. So, yeah. I mean, mean, that's huge. Like even just you, if you do that daily, I mean, like I said, like is this going to make my day go off the rails? You know, if I do this task right now, or should I just wait and, you know, do it later or a different day? Because it really can go like that. Or should I be scrolling Instagram right now that it's going to waste a half an hour of my time? Or should I be doing what I really set out to do? It's hard. You know, like you said, it's like, it's a daily thing. Um, And yeah, if you wait six months, you're definitely going to be like losing your mind at that point. But Right. It's a practice, right? Just like anything else. I mean, yes. you, like I said, I have to practice reminding myself to ask for help, you know, instead of trying to fit every single little thing into one day. I don't, yeah. I don't like to wait. That's, I think that's my, my problem is like, I have these things that I want to get done in the week. And I'm like, then I try to fit it all into like one day. And I'm like, Megan, slow your roll. Like, you know, you can do other things a different day. It doesn't all have to be, you know, at one time. I think as a mom, though, like, you know, when we have childcare, when we have time to do something, you know, you pick the stuff that you can't get done with kids or don't get it done as well, you know, like cleaning the house or, you know, doing something for yourself. You're like, all right, I'm going to try to fit these 10 things into this hour that my child is off doing something. And it's just not, it's not realistic. Yeah. It's also not realistic for your child to see too, right? Like if you're always constantly playing with your kids, which is amazing, right? But it's like, that's not really life, right? Like they have to go to the grocery store. They have to do this, this, or this. I definitely went through a period of time in my life where I tried to get everything done within like the three hours my daughter was at preschool. And then by the time she would get home, I was so exhausted. I barely wanted to play, but it also doesn't show her that that's not life. Like she has to learn how to do tasks and responsibilities and all of these things also because it's not all play, right? I think that's an excellent point, you know, and there are a couple of things recently that I've noticed, you know, as my kids are getting a little bit older and I'm observing their playtime, right? Mm-hmm. 
you know, one thing that makes me so happy and proud is that they will play going to work and they play my job. <laughs> Which to me is not as interesting as my husband's, you know, he works with animals, but they're walking around like on their laptops, like taking Zoom calls and like, I love you know, it. But it makes me proud. I'm like, they yeah. see that mom works and they're play acting that out versus like what I think I play acted out as a kid constantly, which was getting married, right? Uh, So, (laughs) I was getting married. (laughs) I love seeing that, right? Um, But I also love, I forget what it was that Amelia said to me the other day. She said something like, "Um, you and dad are always talking. Like she mentioned that. I'm like, well, I'm so glad that they're seeing that, right? That they see that, you know, when we're in the car or I think we were in the car and she was frustrated probably because we were turning the music down because we were having a conversation. Yeah. Right? But, you know, I was like, I'm glad that they see that we are communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or little things, right. Like doing an errand, waiting in line for something. Right. right? The other day we had a conversation and like, well, this is part of life guys. Yeah. We have to wait in line, right. you know, Right. It's not all like sunshine and rainbows, which I mean, of course, we want that for our children, but it also has to be, you know, realistic. I mean, I don't know if you listened to the episode yet on the mental health. Um, My friend Marianne and I were talking about how really, I mean, children learn the most just by our actions, like you said. So, I mean, they want to be what we are because it's what they they see every day. And whether that be like our career or just how we talk to one another um, and also how we treat ourselves, you know, and um, I think it's just so important that that example be a priority and this goes back again to taking care of yourself because if your mental health isn't well and you're not showing up as a person that you really want to be you have to think like my child is ultimately going to become who i am right, right. like um so it's more important than ever that yeah. you really like think about who you want to be because this is who your child's going to become. I mean, think about how many things you do each day that is like your mom, right? And you don't even know you're oh doing them, right? I mean, yeah. this drives me nuts because I'm like, oh my God, why would I ever say that? Or like, but it's like, it's just, it's it's ingrained in us because that's what right. we observed for so many years. So, I mean, I don't, it's, really it's a crazy fun. thought, right? It kind of mind blowing, like, oh my God, I need to be what I want my child to be, which of course they're their own individual person, but this is just what they see all day, every day. And it's what they're going to somewhat become. Right. No, it's, it's really amazing. Right. Because before I had children, I never, I never thought I would do some of the things that my mom did. And some of them are not even like negatives. Right. 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 It's just like what you do. Yeah. It's kooky or whatever it is. Or you say a phrase that you're like, Oh my God, my mom would say that. I am mom. (laughs) Uh, and my husband and my sisters will call me out on it all the time. They're like, yeah. okay, mom. Um, but yeah, but you're right. It can seem overwhelming. Right. But I also think, um, it can seem overwhelming to think I have such a, such a powerful influence over my kids. Right. And how do I make sure that I'm, you know, doing the best job possible. Right. I mean, yeah. nobody's perfect. Right. So we're going to make mistakes there too. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, but I think for me, and this was actually modeled for me by my parents is when I do make a mistake, um, admitting that I made a mistake and saying, mommy should not have said that or, yeah. you know, you know, whatever it is and apologizing. Right. I think yeah. that's important for our children to see, um, you know, and I told Amelia the other day, um, 
I forget what it was. She was saying something like, um, I can't teach you something like that. Like I'm the kid. I can't teach you. Like you're the mom, like parents teach whatever, something like that. And I said, you guys teach me things all the time, you know, like you can can teach us too. Um, And I love when she will sort of model a lesson back to us. Um, You know, Amelia has a lot of, um, she has big emotions and she has trouble adjusting when she, you know, feels that she's having a big, we've been teaching her like, you know, small problem, let's try to have a small reaction, right? A lot of times it'll be a small problem, she's having a big reaction. And the other day, it was kind of a stressful morning um, and the dog threw up on the rug and Ryan yelled at him, you know? Um, and then she said, dad, that was a small problem and you had a big reaction. <laughs> Don't you love that? Awesome, you know, like she yeah. was doing it respectfully, but I'm like, okay, she, is recognizing the lesson and she's reminding us, right? And he said, you're right, Amelia. You're right. Yeah. Not have yelled at you or, you know, daddy will work on having a small reaction, right? So I think it's important, like, just to remind yourself that you're not going to be perfect, right? You're going to make mistakes. But as long as you are open and and honest with your child about that, you know, that's showing them that it's okay to own your mistakes and it's okay to be vulnerable, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Yeah, I think that's like a huge thing to bring up with your children too. I mean, just to show that you're not perfect and there's no one out there that is perfect. And I always say to my daughter, just like, you know, mistakes are fine. You just have to recognize that it's a mistake and like learn from it and grow from it. You're always going to make mistakes, but that's how, you know, we get better. That's right. Um, Yeah, I love that. And the, the big reaction. I mean, I just love when you realize that your kid actually listened to you, you're like, oh my God, that's awesome. Even if she's like using words when she's playing by herself and I'm like, uh-huh. she's kind of talking like me right now. But right. now I know that she's like actually listening because sometimes what you'll see when your kids get a little bit older, you wonder, you know, if they're actually like listening to what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, but they de- they definitely do. And um, it's just really encouraging, I think, as a parent to be like, are you? Doing yeah. something right. I'm doing something right. You yeah. Know, as, it in. yeah. And yeah. they are so observant, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even telling them like, you know, mom, you know, I'll go out, we have our treadmill out in the um, garage and, you know, they'll be like, mom, but I want you to play. And I said, well, mom just needs 20 minutes to take care of herself. And then I will come in and play with you. You know what I mean? Them just seeing, seeing that, right. That it's important it's huge. that, you know, healthy and we exercise and, yeah all of those things, um, or even just like us going on date nights, you know, them seeing that too. And I think a couple years ago, I was so obsessed with, you know, work kids that I wouldn't want to go. I'd be like, no, let's not go out because I want to spend time with the kids, you know what I mean? Like, and so we were never spending time, you know, alone together as couple because I just thought I had to make up for all the time I wasn't spending with the kids, you know, but that's not healthy. Right. Well, yeah, my next question was going to be like, what do you think are the best ways to get rid of that mom guilt? (laughs) I mean, it never fully goes away. I mean, I still have it at times, you know, well, and a lot of times it's triggered by um, comments other people make. I mean, well-meaning people, even if I'm on a business trip or something like, well, who's got your kids? It's like, what do you mean? Who's got my kids? Like, 
Right. Of course someone has your kids. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like no one's asking the men that question. Oh, you're away for, you know, three days. Who's got the kids? Yeah. It's crazy Um, because there's so many different types of mom guilt too. It's like you're getting guilt because you're successful, right? Mm -hmm. And that you have this, you know, really successful demanding job, but you love it, right? And you also have this balance with, like you said, with your spouse and at home. And that's fine. And like, obviously you're not going to leave your kids alone like what are they even talking about but then it also comes in like different forms where like you see a mom that's all put together she might Mm -hmm. be a stay-at-home mom but she shows up dressed makeup on hair beautiful and people like make her feel guilty for like taking care of herself you know it just like I where it's like and then like you get feel guilty if you look like crap too like you show up in your sweatpants and no makeup on and and people are like oh god you know you should like take care of but it's like, where, where can we just be who we are? No. Be parents and, and like really accept our lives for what it is. Exactly. And it is tricky. And, it, you know, it reminds me a lot. I listened to the podcast on social media, which was really powerful and, and important, you know, and something that I worry about a lot for my own children, but even for yourself. I mean, all of that, the, the root of all of that mom guilt is comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And this is really hard to do, right? But when I do feel that mom guilt, I often just check in with myself and remind myself, right, that I'm I'm not a bad mom, right? And you know, I've never I've never been made to feel that way in in in, in a situation where it was actually valid. You know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I think you're right. I think it, um, a lot of it might, well, it's comparison, of course, but like through comparison, you feel resentment, right? Cause you're like, they're yeah. doing more. They have more. I need right. more. I'm not worthy. Right. Um, so I feel like, like you said, like touching base with yourself and, and maybe even like writing down what you have and what you're grateful for. Right. Cause like we don't, we never need more. You have everything you need right now. As long as you have a safe place to live, your family is healthy, you're healthy, you know, we really have everything. So if you check in with yourself and you're like, all right, I'm happy where I am. Like, I do not need to do more. I'm happy being home right now, not at a concert or wherever you saw someone or whatever. Um, Or in my sweatpants showing up with no makeup on. Whatever. Who cares if you're happy like that and you're content with your life, then so be it. You don't need to compare yourself to anybody. Yeah. And I think that's, that's it. Right. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. And I think too, just, um, you know, I make sure like when I'm dropping off my kids and there's a mom in her sweatpants and like, often they'll say something about it, like, you know, like an excuse. Right. And I'm like, I always make sure like, girl, you are fine. You are beautiful. Like, you know, you don't have to explain yourself. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that's part of it too, but yeah, I mean, I think just checking in and making sure, I mean, it's, I mean, sometimes it's a good opportunity to to check in with those categories and say, Mm -hmm. all right, are we feeling good about these things as a family? If we are, then everyone else can kick rocks. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter. What matters is that your family unit has created you know, we'll use the word balance again, right? That works for your family. And that's different for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we all also have to know, like, of course, we all look perfect on social media. Mm-hmm. That mom who you think has more or is doing things better, like, she's sitting there thinking that you're doing it better than her. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no one has it all figured out all of the time, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, 
that's the other thing back to the idea of balance as a process, right? Or a balance mm-hmm. as a lifestyle or a practice, I think was the word. You yeah. Used. You know, like it's not, I, I, just, I always have to fight this picture in my head that the expectation is that I get to some level of happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm there forever, right? Yeah. And means I haven't figured out. That's not life. That's not yeah. how it works, yeah, right? right? And just sort of surrendering to the idea of, okay, today, today was way out of whack, right? Today was way out of balance. All right. So how do I get that feeling a little bit more recalibrated, right? Yes. And just surrendering to like, every day will be a new set of recalibrations and that's okay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think that's ultimately the way to go, right? Because like you said, so we're not going to be perfect ever, right? That's just not going to happen. And I think like our life looks different every day, whether it be like your meetings at work, what activities are going on for your kids, what activities are going on for you, what your workout is for the day. I don't know. Every single day is going to be different. So you really do have to check in and just be like, all right, how can I balance this? Who can I ask for help in this area? Where can I be kind to myself too if it doesn't go the way I want to go? Because you know that's going to happen, right? Especially with children. Who's going to have a tantrum out the door? Am I going to be able to get meals packed? You know, all of these things. So it's it's really, it's never going to be exactly how you have it planned. So do the best you can. Ask for help where you can. And also be kind to yourself, right? And others. Mm -hmm. Like you said, when you see a mom in sweatpants or... I mean, I don't care. I wear I wear sweatpants to the store all the time. Like I could really care less. And I actually like prefer myself without makeup over makeup day to day. So, you know, unless I have like meetings or um, in doing right. interviews, I don't wear makeup, yeah. and I'm fine with that. Um, so, I mean, just be kind to each other, right? I think like moms judge so quickly, and like you don't know what that person is doing that day. Maybe they're going to weed their garden or who knows? Totally. Maybe they just want to chill on the couch. Maybe they were up all night with the baby. You know right. what I mean? Or you whatever. Just, you don't know. And maybe that's just the way they like to dress. So, I mean, right. it doesn't matter. And same with the person that's dressed to the nines. Maybe they just really like to dress like that. It doesn't right, matter. Right, because I'll sometimes catch myself the opposite way, right? If I see a mom like super done up, I'm like, oh. Right. That's not right either. Right. Because we feel a little bit jealous that we didn't like go to that extent. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, judgment is always like an insecurity in ourselves. Right. So we really just have to reflect back on us. And again, like the comparison and just like, why do I feel less than because she feels good. Right. Because like, even if someone feels comfortable in their sweatpants, like you almost feel like, well, why is she so comfortable like that when I would feel insecure? And that goes into the workplace stuff too, right? Like, why am I threatened by another woman's mess? You know, um, and it's something, yeah. I mean, I th- I mean, I could go on and on about my theories about this, but I mean, we're, we're sort of trained at a very young age, I feel like, to compete with one another as girls, whether it's for the attention of a boy or, you know, whatever it is. And breaking that cycle, I think, is really key to being happier with yourself, you know, but also setting a good example for, you know, the other women around you, younger women around you. As I get older, you know, I'm more and more focused on making sure that I'm modeling a positive, you know, example, not a perfect one, right? But a positive and a productive one, you know, for the younger women around me, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's huge. And I don't, yeah, I don't know why, I don't know why that is. I mean, I, I, like I said, I started this podcast just because it's like, 
moms again with the judgment and just like if that person doesn't believe in my beliefs then I'm gonna judge them or you know it's just such touchy subjects and it's like why does it need to be like that why can't we just have all have our own styles of parenting because Mm -hmm. there really is no bad parenting right it's like you and your family and what you and your values are and that's what you have to go off of um So I really would just want to create a safe space just to talk about these things and put them out there so it's not such an isolation when you you become a mom because it really is, like I said, with the asking for help, like you even said when you felt like you had your depression, you just, you isolated, right? Because you felt like you couldn't put yourself out there. And right. I know I, I felt like that postpartum as well. I did not have postpartum depression, but I also felt like I couldn't ask for help and I was just drowning, I was drowning in sleep deprivation. I was drowning in like trying to be something that I wasn't, you know, as a mom or what I I thought it was going to be like those expectations. And I didn't know who to talk to about it or I didn't even know if it was an option to talk about it, you know, or without being judged as a parent. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's so interesting you use the word drowning and that's how I felt too. That's how I ended up describing it when, I did describe it. I was drowning or that I felt like I was underwater, like mm-hmm. almost like everything was, I don't know, out of focus. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a heavy weight on me that I couldn't get out of. Right. Yeah. But I think for me too, I mean, depression, you kind of sneak up on you. Right. And depression looks, looks different. I think on lots of people and it's not necessarily like, crying all of the time or feeling sad. Mm. A lot of the times it manifested for me as anger, yeah. as lashing out and being frustrated and having like a super short fuse, mm-hmm. um, you know? And I mean, I also struggled with um, sort of catastrophic thinking, which I think as moms, we all do a little bit, right? But yeah. you know, that getting in the way of me enjoying, you know, simple everyday, you know, moments, right? Um, right? And it's like, when you feel that way, even though I knew that my friends and my family would never ever make me feel less than if I told them that I was struggling, it was still this barrier that I felt like I couldn't, you know? Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Um, I mean, if you could give any advice out there today, what are some little ways to like start to ask for help? I mean, I think just acknowledging how you're feeling, right? Um, and to do it like, and to try and communicate it clearly, right? Not like, oh, I've been feeling, you know, for me, it was saying, it was saying the words, I'm not doing very well right now, right? Versus saying like, I'm just tired, or I've been feeling a little down, you know, me actually saying like, I am, I'm not doing well, right? Yeah. Um, was important. And that's the first step is just speaking it out loud to somebody, right? Yeah. Whoever that is, right? It, you know, sometimes it is tough to tell your spouse, yeah. tell, tell a good friend, you know, tell yeah. a good Yeah. I mean, maybe if you just start with that too, then it might be a little bit easier to tell your spouse. Yeah. As well. sure. I mean, I, I try to force myself to tell my husband. Um, I mean, he's my best friend. He would never, ever judge me. He's so supportive in everything that I do. Um, but for some reason, I think it's just so hard to just say, like, I feel like crap today. Like, I don't, I'm not in a good headspace. I'm not know? in a good headspace. Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing that, right? Yeah. And, you know, and I think for me, too, it was recognizing 
the the trigger behaviors, right? Like I was saying, it can sneak up on you. So recognizing in yourself, okay, I'm, I just snapped at my kids twice. Why Why is that? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Checking yeah. in with yourself, um, you know, or whatever it is, I haven't been sleeping or, you know, just making sure that you're aware of the whole spectrum of, you know, signals, right? That either your body is telling you, right? For me, it also triggered a lot of health issues, you know, a lot of gut issues, a lot of, you know, sleep. Yeah, that stress, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? so yeah, I mean, when you think of too, like, if these produce these issues for you, and this was like farther down the road, I assume, but it's like the stress of like not asking for help puts the this stress on your body like it's like what is it going to do down the line if you continue to go at this rate you know exactly I mean I like to tell parents like just find little things each day where you can ask for help you know it can be the simplest simplest thing as like can you pack pack Amelia's lunch or you know can you clean up the dishes or even dry the dishes with me or anything that's just so simple can you switch the laundry i mean right. if you start with like a daily task it's a little easier than going up and being like i mentally do not feel well today you know because that's really serious and that's you personally you know it's not just like a daily task that has to happen right. um so i mean start as small as you need to to start um Sometimes the tasks are hard for me to ask for. I, again, I don't know if it's just because my mom always did that stuff yeah. and I feel like I need to do that. Is that hard for you too, Erin? Or... No. <laughs> no? <laughs> See, I told you you're so good at this stuff. Those are the things no, that I I'm not. It's just, um, I'm not, right? And, and actually it's something, actually that is something that I have mom guilt over is okay. that I don't, like Ryan does a lot of those tasks. Okay. Um, and not even because I'm busy or whatever, like, he just naturally does them and I don't. <laughs> I, I don't always think of them, right? So like, and that's what he was joking with me the other day about prioritizing activities and, you know, relationships over things like I'll make a peanut butter sandwich and I'll leave the peanut butter on the counter okay. open. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's like, you're not on purpose ignoring that task. You're just, not, you're not even thinking about it, right? Right, right. Um, and so you know, he, you know, he will usually load the dishwasher or whatever. So for me, it's actually the opposite. Okay. For me, it's reminding myself to push into more of those tasks yeah. to help him, right? And make sure that there's balance, right? Right, right. Um, there. So that, that was never hard for me to ask for, for help with that as far as chores go, like, right? Yeah. But for me, it was harder to ask for help, like meal planning. Like I wasn't yeah. very good at it. It was a huge point of stress for me. Okay. You know, that's not something he does either. And for me to say to him, like, I need your help. Can you sit down with me and together, let's figure out how we're going to feed the family this week. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think that goes to show like it's different for every family, right? Different. Like, I mean, it's different for every person, different for every family. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it could be anything really that you struggle with, but I mean, I do think like, our society is always portrayed, you know, if you watch any movies, TV shows, you know, the mom is always frazzled, always stressed. And, um, you know, they're always trying to do it all. And I just, it's just not necessary. I mean, it can almost become this like badge, right. Um, of motherhood where you almost feel like that's success, you know, in a way, not success, that's, um, you know, that's just a normal, you know, accepted way of being as a mom. And if you're not, 
you know, it can almost be the opposite if you're not. Right. If you're relaxed or like sitting down to read a book, oh, something's wrong. Like I'm not busy enough. I'm not busy enough doing things. I'm not a good mom. Yeah. No, totally. I, yeah, I definitely have that feeling. I actually like have to like tell myself to stop doing things and sit down so my daughter can see me not being busy. Right. Right. Because if you are constantly doing something, constantly stressed, all this, again, your child is going to see this and think this is normal. Right. Right. Um, I mean, the, and just thinking too about being constantly busy, right. For me, a lot of times related to work or even just things like planning, you know, I'm, I'm sort of the person who plans the social calendar, right. Or, you know, um, and that puts me on my phone a lot. So that's, that's something that I really struggle with is to put the phone. Yeah. Even if I think I'm doing something productive, right. Um, Like looking for, you know, the, I don't know, like a farmer's market to go to or looking for whatever, you know, or for me, because work, you know, is very tied to email. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's something that I can fall into really easily. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that, um, actually I need to ask my husband to help me do right. <laughs> uh, is to remind me to, to put the phone down. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not on necessarily on social media. Right. And a lot of times, we tie that idea of like the damaging elements of being on your phone to social media. Right. But Mm -hmm. for me, it's sometimes social media. Right. But like, it's also tied to work or it's tied to things for the family. Right. Um, But making sure like, you know, the kids have started to say to me things like noticing that I'm on my phone a lot. And so that's been a wake up call for me. Right. And I need need help. Right. I I need Ryan to help. Yeah, and that takes a ton of practice too. And I think it does take calling each other out. You know, we don't do any phones at the dinner table or anything. And I feel like if that does happen, even if it's something like, I mean, it has to be like an emergency, right? Like, and I, you have to be like, all right, why do you have your phone? You know, like maybe you should put that away. Yeah. 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 Because again, like if your child sees that when they get a cell phone when they're 13 and you're Absolutely. fighting with them at the dinner table to get rid of it, you're like, oh wait, but I did that. So who am I to say? Absolutely. Have that. Yeah. Well, but yeah that I mean, technology but... in itself, though, is a huge practice that, yeah, that's yeah. A, a constant, another one, a constant practice. Yeah. Screen. And it's another one that we're figuring out for the first time. Yeah. Our parents didn't have that. Yeah. We didn't have as kids. You know, that's something that, you know, you know, we have to give ourselves a little bit, a, li- a little bit of grace with that. We're the first generation mm-hmm. who's going to raise kids in this type of environment right yeah. we're gonna have to do some trial and error to figure out what's right you know yeah. um but yeah no that's that's um yeah that's something I keep joking that I hope that there's almost this counterculture by the time my kids are older <laughs> or it won't be cool you know to be on your phone anymore well, let's make that happen because right? yeah it's a crazy uh, world out there um for sure so um we're best advice, Erin, ask for help. Ask for help. I mean, yeah, I think honestly, this, the first, the first step is just vocalizing it in some way. Right. And being kind to yourself and forgiving yourself and to realize that like, for me, the keys were asking for help and then just realizing that it's not, it's 
that success or happiness or balance is not a thing that you're supposed to reach and then have forever, right? Surrendering and being okay with the fact that this is a, a constant act of recalibration, right? And that that's okay, you know, um, was the, the biggest, you know, key for me. And I think reaching out to, um, you know, for women who are working, you know, joining a women's group in your industry, right? I think it's very helpful for me. Um, you know, being part of a community um, at, you know, outside of work too, where you feel like you have a support system, you know, whether that be a nanny or whether that be family or, you know, friends that you trust to watch your kids or whatever it is, you know, just being open to accepting more of that community, um, raising your kid and not thinking that you alone have to do right. all of things, right? Letting um, go of that control a little bit yeah. and knowing right. that you're not the only one that can change a diaper, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can let other people change a kid's diaper. Yeah. Yep. yep, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I know this will really help and spread the word more about just asking for help. And I do really love seeing the way you balance your life, I think is just very inspiring. Um, and I know, you know, you do have a demanding career, but I also know you spend so much time in your family and I just, I love to see that. And it's definitely something that I strive to, to get better at, you know, every single day for sure. Well, thanks Meg. I mean, I certainly don't have it all figured out. Right. But I try yeah. every right to figure it out. And yeah. Well, and I think the whole point is we can learn from each other, right? Like that's why we're here and that's why we're talking about this. So we can just like really just motivate each other just to take those tiny little steps each day to practice, you know, getting better, right? That's the whole point of life. Just get a little bit better each day, reflect on how you're feeling and, you know, see what's going to come that day and, and how can you can tackle it really do it better. Yeah. Absolutely. Utilize all those resources, you know, you have around you. And I like to put out there too, that it doesn't have to cost money, right? Because I know a lot of us might not have the money to hire help or do That's these right. things where you're, because I think as soon as you say like, ask for help to your mom, they'll be like, well, I don't have the money to do mm -hmm. this, this or this, you know, I have to work. But it, I think if you really look around, you will find that there are a lot of people that want to help you um, or even like nanny shares, you know, yep. babysitting shares. Um, stuff like that, that there is a lot of resources around you that don't cost, you know, a ton of money that you right. can find. Yeah. Absolutely. Or even just talking to your spouse, right? He's, yeah. he or she is free. They're free. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's worth the conversation for sure. I mean, that was life changing. I feel like when I started asking my husband for help. Oh, that's awesome. Meg. Yeah. I'm glad that you did that. And yeah. I'm just so glad that you're doing this. I mean, um, I think it's really important work. And, you know, I've enjoyed listening to the podcast and I've learned things, you know, from listening to them. And, um, again, you know, it's that, it's that whole spirit of community and encouraging one another, right. With, right. You know, in a safe place, um, that I think is just really awesome. So thanks for doing this. And yeah, thank you for, for being here. Oh, you're going to make me cry. And I miss you so much, but oh, I miss you too. We have to get together soon. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing your story and all your tips and stuff. I appreciate it. And I know everyone out there will too. Good. Thank yeah. you. Meg. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Empowerhood is brought to you by Flourish Everyday Coaching. Check them out in the link below. 
And again, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. If you could take 60 seconds of your time and leave us an Apple review, this helps share the news about this podcast and help women all over the world. If you want to see the video version of this podcast, you can go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the next episode.